Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. We celebrate the testimonies of the past to raise faith to produce the testimonies of the future. Come on now. Psalm 7 and 1, verse 12. Pray with me and for me. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that this word is your word. It is pure. It is holy. It is anointed, God. And I thank you, God, that no matter what happens, your word says it does not return void, but that it will accomplish, God, that which you have set it to accomplish. So, Father God, we ask your Holy Spirit to pierce our hearts with your word. God, Touch my lips with the coals from the altar. Let it burn that every word spoken, God, would be led of your spirit. And together, anoint our ears to hear what you are saying to the church, God. I take in reverence. I take in humility. And I give you the honor, the glory, and the power, and the praise that is due unto your name. Because you are the preacher, not me. You are the teacher, not me. God, you alone are every facet of every office through every gifting that you have given us in this place, God. Stir our faith and pierce our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Psalm 71 verse 12, it says this, O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with a reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. And that a refreshing thought that we're not the only ones that go through a hard time. The Bible is full of people that have gone through many, many trials. But verse 15 is the point of emphasis. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. The words that I speak will show forth the evidence of what God has done all day long. I can't stop telling you about Jesus. Let me just tell you right away, brothers and sisters, y'all know that God has delivered me personally from a drug addiction. So when I get to talk to someone who is struggling with addiction, it stirs something inside of me, brother. The Holy Ghost literally starts churning that inside of me. Come on, we're going to warm this. It's coming. Jesus can break that addiction over your life. In other words, I've been around people that are, have either are coming out, if you will, or in rehab or thinking about going to rehab. I get to tell them, let me tell you something, that Jesus has delivered me out of addictions of all sorts, not just the drugs. But that every chain of addiction that weighed me down, that I thought I just can't stop going to this, I can't help myself, Jesus broke those chains. Jesus still is the chain breaker. And no drug can do for you what Jesus and the blood can do for you. Get excited about the word. Remember how powerful our God is. Don't forget we serve the God that just speaks and it's created. His words are creation. That's why he can't lie. Literally, it's physically impossible because whatever he speaks is truth. He's the only one that can say the sky is purple and it'll be purple. Verse 16, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness even of thine only. I will make mention, again, the voice, the mouth, what we speak. Church, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you this too. Your testimony 
This might sound controversial a little bit, but hear what I'm about to say. What God has done in your life and what you are telling people, if 100% truth, giving God the glory is as much weight holding as scripture itself. Because if you can say God did ABC and he actually did that ABC, it's just as good as you quoting the scripture. In fact, to a degree, a little bit more personable because they see you. Because I read about Daniel in the lion's den, but honey, I've never met anyone that actually went to the lion's den. But the day that somebody tells me, hey, I did that, faith comes by and by the God. Woo! Hallelujah. Verse 17, oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hither have I, what's the word, let's say it together, declared Declare, there again, about the mouth, I will make mention. Declare thy wondrous works. Verse 18, now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. You are to be a shining light of the light of God in your life to reflect his glory and say he is God he is alive, and he still does what he did before. I am vocal about the power of God in my generation. I don't care if you gray-headed. I don't care if you black-headed. Whatever color hair you got, you are supposed to be the mouthpiece for God in your generation. Hallelujah. And I want to say, notice this, verse 12 and 13 lays the foundation of redemption through giving God the praise for the revolution, which is verses 14 onward. I'm saying verses 12 and 13 that says things like, be not far from me, hurry up, make haste, be them my enemies to be confounded and consumed. These are my adversaries. I am going through trial. I am going through heartache. I am going through the worst of the worst of the worst. But it is your verses 12 and 13 as stated that lays the foundation for the redemption of God to come through that you might praise him for the resolution, which is verses 14 onward. Without your verses 12 and 13, you cannot get verses 14 onward, church. You want to be a mouthpiece for God and declare his glory? Well, honey, you might have to find yourself in a lion's den to be a Daniel. You might have to find yourself in a fiery furnace to be the three Hebrew boys. You might say, I want to be an apostle Paul. Get ready to get beaten with rods and stone and shipwrecked. You might say, I want to be this great person. But the scripture is evident that in the fact that if he is a redeemer, we have to have our problems. Church, I can't say God healed me unless I was sick. So when you get the diagnosis, whoo, you say, devil, you messed up. You messed up because there's going to be some people that is going to hear what God has done in my life and has healed me of cancer, has delivered me from this drug addiction, and that more people will come to Christ. Devil, you messed up. And church, I'm excited. I know the word is flowing, and I realize that in, in hindsight, when Monday hits, Tuesday, it's difficult, okay? Stop, breathe, remember. 
We cannot have redemption unless we first have verses 12 and 13. So be encouraged when the devil comes at you. That's why you say, devil, you done messed up. All right, turn with me to Mark 5. This is my main text. Mark chapter 5, verses 1. I'm going to read the passage of the story. Mark 5, verses 1 through 20. This passage is one of those passages that can be used for varying types of messages, for different illustrations, for different sermon titles. There's so much to glean from the text in your personal application of what happens. But believe it or not, <laughs> what I'm trying to get to is the very tail end of this st story. So let's lay the foundation. Everybody have Mark 5, 1? Everybody have a say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. And they came over into the other side into the sea. The disciples in the country of the Gadarenes, the same Jew Jewish territory. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met out of him a tombs with a man that of an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No man can hold him down. Not with chains. He had been often bound with fetters and chains and pieces, and neither man could tame him. So this dude was really possessed. And always night and day he was in the mountains in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. Church, can I just get you right to the stop right there? Every time I hear people that have told me, or, of course, we hear it already through third party indirectly, children, teenagers cutting themselves, I think of that. It is of no coincidence that that's happening today. Because we need Jesus to come to our gatherings. We need to call it out for what it is. Demons. I realize that everyone's got a critic. And I, if you're born again and you believe God's word wholeheartedly, you get a lot of them. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Few are they that find it or agree with you. I'm going to call it like it is. It's demons. Verse 6. It says, but when he saw Jesus afar off, hmm, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice. What do I have to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Jesus saying, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And the man answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine. Them demons knew what was coming. Amen. When Jesus steps in, the devils got to flee. When the light comes into the room, the darkness has to go away. So when Jesus steps into your situation, the darkness dispels. So the demons know that they're about to get evicted. But they're saying, well, instead of leaving the country, send us into the swine they will, that we might enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. The herd ran violently down in a steep place into the sea, that there were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. Now, the swine were drowned. I don't know if y'all caught what just happened. The swine killed themselves to get rid of the demon spirits. And that was a whole herd. All of those demons that were then at that point in the herd was just recently in one man. You wonder why he was cutting himself. 
People need Jesus, church. The problem is we've been medicating demons for far too long. It's time we bring Jesus to them. Whoo, can I get an amen? I'm going to say that again. Just make sure you all heard that. We as a nation and as, a, as the society in this present day have been medicating demons for far too long. We have been placating the demons. We have been calling it mental illness. We've been saying chemical imbalance. What it is is demons, and we need the name that is above every name to cast these demons out in Jesus' name. Woo! We don't want band-aids. We want surgery. Get it out in the name of Jesus. Church is time. If you're not dealing with demon spirits, let me just address the churches too. That that is a real thing. Jesus dealt with demons far often than anything else. And in fact, many cases, the healing came after only the demons left. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to stop right there. But we believe the whole word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so 2,000 swine killed themselves rather than staying with those demons that were choked in the sea. Verse 14. And they that fed the swine, the shepherds, told in that city and in the country, they went out to see what was done. And they come to Jesus, and seeing him that was possessed with the devil and had legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. In his right mind. And they were afraid instead of thanking God for what had happened. And they saw that it told them how it befell that it was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray and to, to depart out of their coasts. That seems very counterintuitive. That likes the opposite of what I would have anticipated. The end result, they, they did not like that. And when he was coming to the ship, he, look at this that had been possessed with the devil, prayed him that he might be with Jesus. Don't leave. I want to come with you. Now notice verse 19. What does Jesus say? How be it? Jesus suffered him not. In other words, did not acknowledge, agree, shall we say, to what his request was. But Jesus saith unto him, Go home to thy friends. Go home to thy workplace. Go home to Walmart, go home, go to your community and tell them how great the things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and did what? Of course, began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. In other words, after the deliverance, and he's no longer throwing himself into the fire. He's no longer cutting himself. He's no longer doing this. It says that he's now in his right mind. And Jesus said, your mission is to testify. Tell others of what great things God has done for you. To stir faith in them. Now, I'm not going to make an assumption theologically speaking but I'm going to go, because I thought about this before and I didn't put it in my notes, but I want to kind of give it to you. I'm going to put it on y'all's table. I'm just going to let the Holy Ghost give you revelation. When I read that in preparation for this message, where he's like, I want to be among you. I want to follow you, Jesus. I'll hang out with Peter. I'll help fish with Bartholomew. I'll be in the boat. I'll help you. I want to go. I don't want to stay. Reminded me of an opportunity a rich young ruler had. To have exactly that request.
rest, but refused based on the cost. He chose his possessions. He had that opportunity, but he refused. This man wanted it. He was possessed, but God gave everything. And Jesus said, tell others, because they need to know that there's a God in Decapolis as well. That Jesus is not just here for the Jews. That it was a very reoccurring thing that there was more to be had than just the, the children of Israel. And thank God he came started there. But the crumbs were spreading to the Gentiles. And the greater plan for him was to tell others of what God has done for him. But the rich young ruler had possessions. And he chose to be possessed by his possessions. This other man received his deliverance. And that was his calling. He went throughout the providence saying, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Right now, before I go any further with this, I know everyone in this room enough to know almost all of your exact testimonies. And by all, I mean all the people. There's more that I probably don't know that's between you and the Lord. I'm not asking you to tell me. But I want in this moment, as the word is being delivered, I want us all to reflect every possible memory pull of all the things that God has done for you as much as humanly possible. Because we all know that God does things behind the scenes, right? There have been many a flat tires that have saved us from car wrecks that we have no idea what would have happened if it not. But I'm talking about the ones you can validate. That Christ came down in the whirlwind and he delivered you. There was a massive thing. Brother Chris Adams, God pulled him out of a wheelchair on a Wednesday night. The sermon title, Do You Serve a Can God God or a God Can God? That was the sermon. That was the word going forth. And, and, and it stirred him. He started to realize, well, if I believe God is God, then yes, he can heal me. Yes, he can deliver me. And God chose through his faith that God gave him that healing. He's standing up today. But saying that with every person in this room and having a testimony, do not negate the smallest bit of that testimony. Don't think little of what God has done. But God has only done this for me. God has only done that for me. When you share to other people with the things that God has done for them, you don't know what type of reaction that they will have. The Holy Ghost can just pierce their hearts right there with the smallest. They're like, that is crazy. I did not know that that was even possible even for today. My doctor said this or that. My mom told me this, but you're saying that God did what? Yeah, he did. Really? You have no idea. I have no idea. Psalm 22, verse 2. You don't have to tur turn there. In fact, if you can, I'd like for you to turn to Luke chapter 21. I'm going to read a few supportive texts. They're simple one-versers. So for the sake of time, I would like you to just go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke 21. And when you get to Luke 21, hold your finger in verse 12, and I would like you to follow along on the screen as I read a few verses that illustrate the importance of our testimony. You know, being vulnerable as you turn in there, I'm going to go ahead and do, do it. I'll throw myself under the bus. Y'all know that the, the, big, the, big, the big one is when I was a drug addict. I was an amphetamine addict. I did crystal meth and cocaine. I was on the streets for almost three years between Lafayette and Alexandria, going from friend's house to friend's house, and we'd get dope and we'd get, do lines and we'd do all those things. 
I was addicted to the amphetamines. I was addicted to these drugs. I was losing weight. When I lay on the floor, you could see my ribs really bad. Believe it or not, I, I have ribs somewhere in there. Somewhere. But you can see how God drastically delivered me from that, right? Drastically. Yes. Uh, saying that, God delivered me from a bad marriage that didn't happen, that I planned for. Pastor Glenn and Dad knows I moved to, uh, to Oklahoma. Tell Pastor Glenn of the pretense of, you know, going to Bible school or doing something for God over there, but it was for a woman. God saved me from a marriage that I was seeking after in the flesh. But it took her to crush my heart to put me back on track with God. Some of y'all in this room need to look back and thank God for the heartache that put you back on your knees. Amen. Psalm 22, verse 2, it says, I will declare thy name unto my in the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. Again, this is vocal. Church, you don't have to be a preacher. Come on, you don't have to be a prophet. In fact, even if you're timid, it's not about charisma. What it is about is about obedience to the word of God that says, God, you did this, and I'm going to let people know what happened in my life. And I, I challenge you, pray for that. God, I, I, I don't know where to begin, and I know what you have done for me, but God, open the doors. Open the doors that you want to open that I can be obedient and share and declare to the, my brethren what you have done for me in my life. Psalm 66, verse 16, come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Psalm 35, 28, and my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Speak of thy righteousness and thy praise all the day long. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says this, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and let's say it together, edify one another, even as also ye do. Everything that we've read thus far is a vocal approach. You have to physically open your mouth and break through some ice if necessary to say, let me tell you something. Everyone in this room has met and will continue to meet people that need your testimony and I'm going to say the word again not want need need your testimony it is in God's design plan to give you that deliverance that you can take it and share it with others God just gave me in the spirit a great revelation I don't know if you might have read where Jesus feeds the 5,000 if you read the text, it wasn't Jesus that was spreading it. The disciples, the more they broke, the more food they had. They kept bringing out a new loaf. And, oh, it's still there. Oh, I still got more bread. Oh, my God. It's have the same amount of bread. And they fed all of them. It even says they got leftovers. They must have been from Louisiana. God's people or a let me tell you something type of people. Because of my deliverance many years ago, and church, 
like my wife even says this before, and many times it's true, you should still be receiving testimonies. God should still be actively working in your life, doing things on a regular basis that just make you go, wow. In other words, the closer you get to God and the more and longer you stay maturing in his grace, the greater your portfolio of testimonies become. You might write a book. I don't know. Be led of the Holy Spirit. He might lead you to write a, your, your biography, write down everything that God has done. But because of my deliverance years ago, I have published throughout all of, of Royals Parish and Point Capee that God is the same deliverer today that he was yesterday. He is still restores and he still saves. Church, I've, it breaks my heart that there are churches that believe that what we read in the latter pages of this Bible called the New Testament church was for that time and that time alone. It literally breaks my heart because there's so much that God has to offer for today that is being missed because people don't have faith. The purpose of your testimony is for the furtherance of the gospel. The result is also faith. In fact, I'm going to tell you all this too. While I'm uh, here serving as pastor, it was years ago that in the middle aisle right here that I had someone who that had heard my testimony of being delivered from drugs and alcohol told me that he would surrender to God and he was giving it up as well. That's not patting myself on the back. I'm giving you a literal validation of just preaching as much as I can, publishing it throughout that God delivers drug addicts. You don't need rehab. I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying it's not necessary because the blood is enough. And there was a man right here, close to that door, right about where Pastor Glenn is, is right, right now, that when I was on a Sunday morning after service, he grabbed my arm and he said, look, I need to tell you something. Because of what you have said many times, I have decided to give up drugs and alcohol. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm giving it to God. If he, he said, if he did it for you, he's going to do it for me. We can't stay silent. Hmm. Luke chapter 21. Everybody have a say amen. I want to say this as a, as a shall we say, uh, the caption to this, this passage. Use your suffering as an opportunity to give testimony. The suffering that you're in today can very well be the opportunity given. Your trial today could be that platform that says let me tell you Luke 21 says this in verse 12 but before all of these there shall lay their hands on you and persecute you Jesus telling his disciples they will deliver you up to synagogues into prisons being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake you will be persecuted you will be mocked you will be laughed at you will be judged you will be imprisoned for my name's sake but verse 13, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Devil, you messed up. Philippians 1, verse 9. We're going to close on this one. Philippians 1, 9. I'm going to read to verse 12. Philippians 1, 9. The book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 9. This is a prison epistle. Paul writes this letter to the church of Philippi while in prison. It says this, and this I pray that your love may abound and yet all the more in knowledge and in all judgment that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, 
and without offense till the day of Christ. Whew, Lord, help us there. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. The stoning, the beatings with rods, the shipwrecks, the being bitten by snakes, which, by the way, threw it in the fire, praise God. All of the things that happened to Paul, he says this very revealing. It happens unto me to further the gospel. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, for the testing of your faith produces good. We want patience, but we don't like the way to get it. <laughs> Lord, we want it now without the trial. Through the, though the effect of our testimony produces faith, Notice that the purpose of your testimony is to further the gospel. What is gospel? Good news. So when you say, let me tell you something, I got good news. I've heard you tell me that, that you, you've tried to, to put the alcohol down. I've heard you tell me that you can't stop drinking. Well, I got good news for you. You can if you put it in God's hands and not in therapy or in the wisdom of man or psychology or I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Because the scripture tells me very clearly, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. That's what the Apostle Paul revealed in, in Romans 7. I keep doing it. Why am I doing the things I'm not supposed to do? And then he reveals to us that it's about the crucifixion of the flesh. He tells us Romans 6, 1, how shall we uh, continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's about giving it to God. That's the problem. We've been medicating demons, like I said. We haven't given it to God. We as a church who have been get bought by the blood of Jesus, that have been delivered from our sin, that have been redeemed out of a life of destruction, whatever your testimony is, they need you to come out and say, it's the blood of Jesus. It's the power in his name. It's faith in the cross of Jesus Christ that will save you. Now, that just, that just, just stirs me, church, because... I'm in the category that anything that you need can be found in God. Anything. Galatians 6, 14. You don't have to turn there. Heather, pull up on the screen. Biblical testimonies give glory where it is due, and it's due unto God. Your testimony is not to brag about you. Your testimony is to brag on God. Galatians 6, 14 tells us this. But God forbid that I should glory, except save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom, because of this, the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. I like that. You know why? Because we talk about being crucified of the flesh, but he brings both sides of the issue. We are crucified a, a, apart from sin, but in the same token, they don't like me either. People that are not born again, that are led by a different spirit, are contrary to the spirit that you were following. That's why Jesus said, how can two walk together if they do not agree? What fellowship hath light with darkness? So church, if we are crucified into the world, get this, he says, the world is also crucified unto. So think it not strange when they mock you, they don't like you. But that's okay because the Holy Spirit in us realizes that we're not of that bloodline no more. We have different blood flowing through our veins. And our job is to tell them there's a better way. 
that we can cast these devils out, that the blood of Jesus can deliver you because he delivered me, church. Can I be so bold to tell you that he not only delivered me from the, the addiction, but specifically he delivered me from the demons of addiction. I got a picture I'm ashamed to show y'all. I don't have it. I don't think I'll ever show you. But I had a driver's license. I had a before and I had an after. And my wife is the only one that saw the comparison. I said, baby, look at this. It's a different person. Demons are real. And can I tell you, I'll be as bold to go this far. It's at least 99.9999% of everybody's problem. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. But whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he whom the Son is set free is free indeed. You don't have to be a demonologist and study books on demon casting out. You just got to know the Holy Ghost. You got to be full of his spirit to cast those out. It's all about the name. Come on, church. Y'all should get excited. It's, oh, yes, how majestic is that name. Don't get me started. I'm going to start singing it out of the key because I ain't got Jacob to help me. The Bible tells us that God does not share his glory. With anyone, our testimony should always point to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and a redemption story. The testimony that God has already given you. Church, I challenge you, and I, the Holy Spirit told me. I felt God saying this very clearly. Listen to every, everyone in this room. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Before I start this altar call, I want this altar call to be about this. Of course, if you're not saved, you're running from God, whatever the case, we need you to pray. We want to ask for God to forgive you, repent of your sins. That is always... The, the foundation of any altar call. But this specifically, there are people in this room that I believe have grown cold, a little callous. That fire has dwindled of what he did in your life. I'm asking very specifically to challenge everyone in this room that says, no matter if it was God delivered me from this much or this much, that you would say, God, I'm willing. At one person, at least just one, within seven days to say, God, open that door. Let me break through some ice and, and shake off this head of band just to say, let me tell you something. Regions Bank, detail, Maddie's truck stop, wherever it might be, church, listen to what I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit told me to challenge you. God, I'm willing to rekindle that testimony. No matter how many years it's been, whatever that testimony is that you want to share to, God open the door and he will. And you're going to say these words. I got to tell you something. You might think I'm crazy, but dot, dot, dot. I'm here by the grace of God. I should have died. Brother Sessing tells him he delivered. It's only by his mercy and grace I'm alive today to tell you that he can save you. Everybody stand. Some of us in this room might not believe to their own mindset through their own intellect would think to themselves thusly, I do not have, quote, a powerful testimony. But I'm going to ask you this bare minimum. Did he save you, dear brother? Did he deliver you, dear sister? Were you made a new creation in Christ Jesus? Has he transformed your life by the power of his spirit? Church, you have 
a testimony. It's been washed in the blood, bought with the blood of Jesus. You have a testimony. Again, church, we have way too many intellects out there in the world that are writing books on New York Times bestseller list that are selling out on Amazon.com where people are looking for answers to their problem, but the church is silent. They're receiving band-aids of philosophy and even, to a degree, some theology. But I'm talking to church folk in this place that has been touched by the hand of Jesus that knows the surgeon's hand is still reaching out to cut out of your life what it is you're trying to get out of your life. Everyone's head bowed and everyone's eyes closed by the power of the Holy Spirit speaking into your life. God, I pray that you would rekindle a fire of, th of gratitude in this place. Because church, let me tell you, the Bible teaches a 10% gratitude in the moment of deliverance. Ten lepers healed. One came back to say thank you. That's in the heat of the moment of the deliverance. God, I'm praying to people that have been delivered 15, 20 years ago. God, restore the fire that says, oh, I remember what it was like when I was dancing on the other side of my Red Sea. That other side when I was with Miriam and we were singing praises unto God because when all of hell broke loose and everyone in my family said it was not possible, Jesus, you delivered me. You have a testimony. I'm praying this morning that sometime this week that you're going to go out of this place and you're going to say those words, let me tell you something. One person, if you're not saved, you're running from God, you've never been saved, you want to rededicate your life, number one, thusly, all the time, these altars are open. I pray that you would turn your life over to Jesus. He can forgive your sin. He can heal your heart. He can restore your life. Church, if you have a testimony and you're willing to say, God, I'm accepting the challenge. This is specific. By a show of faith, come to these altars and say, God, I'm accepting the challenge. I want to tell somebody about what God has done in my life. That's the challenge. Holy Spirit, I'm taking the challenge. These altars are open. If you are saying, God, I accept and sometime between now and the next seven days, I'm praying that you would open up the doors where somebody who is asking for deliverance would hear my voice and say, let me tell you what God has done in my life. That's what this altar is for. God has delivered you that you are taking a public stand that says, God, use me. The, the, the spirit of Samuel in the temple that says, here am I, God, use me. Here am I, God, use me. Jesus. Restore unto us the joy of our deliverance. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Restore unto us, God, the joy of every chain that broke in our lives, God. Much more than my deliverance of drugs in general, but I should be dead only it had been by the mercy of God that over two, two times overdose, He delivered me. I didn't deserve any one. I should be dead. I was held at gunpoint in a ghetto, fighting for the drugs and the money that was in my pocket. Held at gunpoint, and it's a miracle that I'm not dead. God 
had mercy. And church, it is our duty. It is our calling. Whether you are going to be a preacher, a prophet or not, maybe even a ministry of helps, it doesn't matter who you are. If God has delivered you, your duty is to publish throughout all your community, God has delivered me and he can deliver you. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.